Forte Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che da go! Go! il magnifico, il magnifico, il magnifico rettore! Live! Boom! Boom! Shake, shake! The room! In the entertainment capital of the world! What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show! Léger hors jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus! Très fort devant le but! Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo, Pifio. Messi la tiene. Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! Gol! Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro Iniesta! The doctor is now in. Yes, where we at? Middle work week? Hump day! Get your camel out. There we go. Shout out to all the camel toes out there. <laughs> what does that mean, I'm Chuck? <laughs> That's it. We're off to a good start here today. Uh, today on the show, we got plenty of Major League Baseball to talk about. We're going across the pond to talk about their version of baseball. Cricket! Are we really going to talk cricket again? Yes, Paul Bunkpower Stewart joins us live from Wimbledon. Are hey. we talking cricket or crickets like the lightning? Mm, both. Very nicely done, my friend. Yes. Paul Bunkpower Stewart will join us from jolly old England like that. Tony the Tiger Lopez, my man. Three-time world champ in the house today. He'll be stopping on by. I think he's starting to fall in love with Vegas because he's starting to come come back here more and more. And now he's you know wants to shop for homes and that sort of thing. So, yeah, the Tiger in the house here today. So he'll join us next hour as well, too. So plenty to do, plenty to talk about on the show here today. And some leftover Terrible Tuesday takes. And you know, Numbchuck, I'm not much for leftovers. I don't like the microwave. I don't like any leftovers. I like I'm hot and fresh. B- I'm calling BS on that. You love food. I love food, but those that know me know that I don't eat leftover food for the most part, for the most part. Uh, Heating stuff up in the microwave, I'll do, but not leftovers. You know, just not my thing. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You can see that. I guess I'm too snobbish. I don't don't think you leave food, though. That's the issue. Let me tell you, last night, man, I left a lot of food. I went to one of our favorite Mexican establishments. That you know that I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was one of those things uh, that, and I I was hungry. I ordered, you know, my my two-item combo with my abandigas soup, which I love, <laughs> with the onions and the peppers to go with the chips and the salsa. And then the server comes by and says, ready for dessert? Because I'll be known. And, and here's what I said to him. I said, even if it was my birthday, I think I would turn down dessert tonight. And he, he started laughing at me. He goes, ha, 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 I was like, it was kind of weird. It was like, no, really. I said, well, okay, fine. If it was my birthday, I'd, 
give me a little fried ice cream or, you know, man, I do like the churros too. Churros and fried ice cream. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 You know know what I'm talking about? Uh Uh-huh. How come I eat there so often, but you don't? And you always talk about it. Because I used to eat there religiously. Yeah. Now it's been a little bit long. I have to go. You got to go. I got to go. You got to get off work sometimes to go. You know, but anyway, so back to your point, your question, I, I left a lot of food last night. Now, of course, I ate all the enchilada, ate all the taco, which is my staple, my go-to when it comes to combination meals. But I don't, you know, and I don't like beans, don't care for the beans, so I'll do the rice. But the problem is when you order and you say no beans, they give you extra, extra, extra rice. And I, I don't want that much rice, you know, so... Yeah, every time I go to one of my fine Mexican establishments, I, uh, I leave full, you know. And you got to indulge again with the soup and and the chips and the salsa. Very good. Uh, speaking of dining today, uh-uh. uh, yeah, shout out to our good friend AJ, Adam Joseph. He calls me and says, "We got to go to Freddy's." I go, "No problem." <laughs> so he wanted me to order for him today. So. You know, I get, are you in a dog mood or are you in a burger mood? He goes, how about a both mood? It's like, whoa, man. Okay. I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm treating you here, but no, that's quite all right. Give whatever you want. He goes, we'll tell you what, we'll, we'll save the dog for another time. And he goes, he goes, what, what, what's your go-to? I go, well, today I'm feeling the jalapeno pepper jack burger. And he goes, is that, is that a double? I go, yeah. I go, can make it a triple if you want. The ballpark Frank special if you want. You know, except with Ballpark Frank, you you take off everything. Everything. Exactly. Meat and cheese. Yeah. Uh, meat and cheese only. Exactly. And I'm not even sure if, if Frank was a um, pepper jack guy, though. I, I just had I always remember him just with the cheddar. So I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So went to Freddy's today. You know, I'm surprised AJ, AJ didn't hit me up with a chocolate shake afterwards. You know, kind of obliged there. But there was this chocolate shake, speaking of which, that was on the counter there. And, and, the, and the girl kept calling the number out. Said, and, and then so she, said, she says to me, she goes, is that your chocolate shake? And I go, no, I haven't ordered yet. That's not my chocolate shake. And then while I'm sitting there talking to her in order, it, the, the shake was still up there. She goes, I've called the number out three times, and no one's picking it up. So now it's chocolate milk. So I go, that's what I said. So I go, what's the number? She goes, 256. So you know what I do. 256! 256! Come and get your chocolate shake because it's going to be going once. It's going to be going twice. The chocolate shake is going to auction off to the highest bidder now. 256! Come and get your chocolate shake. And people are looking at me like, this man is crazy. (laughs) But I said, it is now slowly but surely turning into chocolate Chocolate milk. milk. Exactly. That's what I said. So she was about ready to offer me the chocolate shake. And still nobody is coming to get it. It's like there's like 10 people in the restaurant and no one's coming to get it. So I'm thinking, well, what? I don't know. Bathroom? Outside? Or just somebody just bolted? Ordered? You know, it's not like they couldn't afford because you got to pay before you get it. Just sitting there, right? So sure enough, as I get down, if, if, I, if I, yeah, two fifty six. So my two fifty six was a little bit louder than that. Two fifty six. Okay, that's enough. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So finally, this woman comes out, and she's like, "Got a 
a whole patch over her face or something, or she's holding it in. And then she goes, is this mine? I go, are you 256? She goes, yeah. And, and she finally got the shake, but it was like sitting there for five minutes. But anyway, good day at Freddy's. Freddy's is always the best, no question about it. So uh, I told AJ next time he's got to get the Chicago dog with all the trimmings. There you have it. How did we get on food anyway today? I mean, that was not part of the rundown of the show. Is it ever? Oh, no, you were talking Mexican. We were talking that place. I can't mention. I, I know, but I don't even know how we how it got brought because up. Because we were talking leftovers and leftover Terrible Tuesday. I, oh, thank you. There it is. See? There we go. I'm glad you went. We went backwards there. We, we hit the rewind machine. There you go. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, not much for leftovers. But that's it. I, I, I am a food snob. When it comes to that, so, but I am very thankful of the invention of the microwave, because I'll I'll heat up like sauces or things of that nature, but food very rare. Popcorn won't do it. You know me. I, I, know. I got I got I got to be a fresh popcorn guy. It's got you know. We'll not do microwave popcorn. We'll not do the even the Jiffy Pop. Forget that. A movie theater or nothing. Can we get to leftovers now? Leftover Terrible Tuesday? Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into that, no. <laughs> yes, let's. Uh, let, I was gonna. I was gonna. I was gonna talk about the Astros. Talk about the Astros. Astros win again, two nil today over the Mets. Do you know the Astros own the state of New York? Now I know people say, "Wait a minute, the Yankees beat them twice." Yeah, they beat them on the last at bat. Thank you to Aaron Judge. But for the most part, they have dominated their series against the Mets. They had two games last week at Minute Maid Park in Houston. Two games the last two days in Queens. All right. Yes. How many people do you think went to McDowell's after, after the game today? Get that reference? Very nice. Yeah. Put away that, Mc, Mc, that McDonald's uh, booklet there. Remember that? Yeah, I'm all over the place. That's great. But anyway, here's what I'll tell, I'll tell you where I'm going with this. All right. So the Astros win again today. Oh, by the way, it's what, 12 of their last 14? Thank you very much for that. Cashing tickets again. Justin Verlander, $1.30 favorite there today. But Houston has been on this incredible run. But like I said, yeah. So they have played, they played four games against the Yankees, went two and two there. They played the Mets, go 4 0 against the Mets, two at Minute Maid Park and two. In New York. Now they're going to come back and play the Yankees tomorrow. So they've just cleaned out the state of New York. Didn't matter. Bronx, Queens, doesn't matter. And uh, they have outscored the Mets in those four games by a count of 24 to 6. Amazing. But I want to share with everyone this incredible stat here that I'm going to give you. This is incredible. The Astros have been on such a great run in the last 10 days. This is just going to point to the dominance that this team has displayed since June the 18th, the last time they, well, when they lost when, uh, to the White Sox, okay? But since then, they have done this. They have not trailed in a game in the last, now, 11 days. They have not trailed in a game in the last 11 days. I'm going to put this in perspective for you. Now think about this. No opposing batter that has faced the Astros has stepped into the batter's box with their team having a lead. You follow me? So every, every opponent 
that's gotten in the box. Every player of that opposing team, they get in the box. Their team has never had a lead against the Astros in the last 11 days. Not one single at-bat did their team have the lead. That spans nine games, my friend. Nine games where the Astros have not trailed. At no point did the opposing batter get in the box and say, hey, we got a lead here. No, they're playing from behind or tied. Now, people will question. They'll say, wait a minute. They lost two games to the Yankees because that was in the final at bat. Bottom of the ninth, bottom of the tenth. Judge hit the walk-off hit, hit the walk-off three-run homer in those two separate games last Thursday and Sunday. But uh, at that point in time, got in the box. They were either behind or tied. So basically... Isn't, seriously, isn't that an incredible stat? The Astros I, are good. I, the Astros are good. Thank you very much. Thank you very little. Seriously, I don't recall that. And I'm just wondering if you go back in the annals of history of that you can say that. That a team has not trailed in their last nine games. Man, you'd have to. I want somebody to do some digging on that because that's too much work for me. But Numchuck, you're the astute producer. I'd like to know that. All right. Astros win 2 0 today. Other baseball news today Brian Reynolds, Pittsburgh Pirates. He had three homers today and he stepped up to the plate. In the ninth inning against the lowly Washington Nationals. How about this game today? You have the Nationals and the Pirates that are playing. Okay? Uh, This game at Nats Park. Final 8-7 Pittsburgh. Brian Reynolds hits homers, I believe, in his first three at-bats. He might have had more at-bats. Let me me check this. Because in an 8-7 game, I mean, you're rolling through the order probably four or five times here. But he had three homers coming to his final at bat there in the ninth inning. And, uh, yeah, Reynolds had five at bats today. He was three for five, six RBIs, hit three homers. Came up in the ninth inning, and he hit the three homers off three different pitchers. He went three and two, and he struck out. So, mm, pretty crazy, isn't it? Pretty crazy. But how many people, how many players, I should say, have hit four homers in a game? Got any idea with that num Chuck? Want to take a wild guess? Total, I'd probably Total say... Total history of Major League Baseball. How many players have hit four homers in a game? I'll go, I'll go big. I'll go 30. 30? 30? That's, that's not a bad guess. In the history of Major League Baseball? In the history of Major League, yeah, 30. 16. Oh. I know. It's, what a feat. And some of those guys that did it, uh, they're not household names. I mean, just off the top of my head. I remember when Mark Witten did it. Mark Hard Hitting Witten did it. I think Ben Ogilvy did it for the Brewers, too. Yeah. 16. So, think about this. So, Ryan, Brian Reynolds comes up today, and he has three homers in a game. How many Major League players have accomplished that feat where they hit three home runs in a game? So if it's 16 for four homers in a game, how many players? Take a wild guess. Uh, we'll, we'll play the prices right here. Say, I'll don't, go. don't go over, but you know, we'll you know, get it within I don't know, get it within uh, 20. 68. 68. 68. 
Try again. Higher. 104. I'll give you one more guess. 273. Oh, you're going away that high? Okay. That's 622. Oh. Yeah. That's a... But we're talking over 100-plus years, yeah. Major League Baseball. But 622 players have, have, have hit three homers in a game. How many players have hit five in a game? Two. <laughs> Want to try again? Absolutely freaking no one. <laughs> no one's done it, of course. I'd be and I'm, I was thinking about this, like, if anybody would have done it, probably the Babe, right? Maybe Babe Ruth. Yeah. I mean, that would be it. Because they, well, no one could do that. Five hundred. Think about it. I mean, back in those days when pitchers would throw 170 pitches in a game and they would go the distance. And again, with there wasn't a lot of dominant pitchers way back when. I could see the Babe doing it. You know? And maybe even a Mickey Mantle. Or Roger Mayer, someone like that. But, I mean, especially if you go back in the 20s and the 30s, 40s, I'm thinking, oh, maybe that happened. But, no, five has never been done. But but four has been done uh, 16 times, and three has been done 622 times. Good stuff there. All right. There you go. I wanted to get that in today. Uh, leftover Terrible Tuesday. Sunday, the brawl, Seattle and the Angels. And we didn't get a chance to get to this yesterday. But I want to give you some audio from this too. But let me set the scene. These two teams really don't like each other. And why, I have no idea. Because they're both bottom-of-the-barrel teams playing in the AL West. Right? So Seattle pitcher Ryan uh, Brzezuki threw a pitch near the head of Jared Walsh of the Angels. And this went back on Friday. It's like, okay, really? Early in the game, is, did the pitch get away or whatever? So yeah, nothing really happened with it. Saturday, Eric Swanson throws a pitch near the head of Mike Trout. So Swanson pitching for the Mariners. And again, early in the game. It's like, okay. Mike Trout says, you can throw at me, but don't come up and in. Don't come at the head. Which he did. It's pretty ugly. So... We get a little warning. Nothing happening there. Here comes Sunday. Early on in the game. Angels pitcher Andrew Wentz throws at Julio Rodriguez in the first inning. Throws at him. Hits him. It's like, okay, here we go. Here come the warnings now. And we've had it Friday. We had it Saturday. Really? I mean, why are you guys so in tune to this? I mean, this isn't a playoff game. Neither team's sniffing the playoffs. And what's the deal? And why are you throwing them at the the Angels' best hitters? Why are you throwing them Mike Trout and and Jared Walsh? All right. So we know what's going to happen next, right? That was first inning. All right, so now we go. And he was batting second. So, of course, they do first pitch just because, you know, early on. So you get one out. Okay, well, I don't want to put the guy on right away. So first pitch, they, you know, throw at the guy and hits him. Warnings issued to both benches. So here we go. Top of the second. Wentz is right back out there again. And this time he's pitching to Jesse Winker. Now, Wentz already threw and hit Julio Rodriguez in the first. That wasn't good enough for him. So top of the second, Wentz faces Jesse Winker of the Mariners. And he just hit Winker. Erica, 
with the first pitch. Scott Service is calling for him to be thrown out of the game. And Winker, Winker's trying to get towards Phil Nevin. And the Angels, and the benches have cleared. And Justin Upton comes in. And we have chaos. Bullpen's coming in now. one of these with the Angels and the opposing team and it's not done. It is not done. That is just a mass of humanity on both sides. Yeah, you felt the tensions coming in and it's it carried over for sure. And you got Shohei Otani in there. Mike Trout, the entire team. Seeing players on the Mariners wanting to keep this going, like Suarez, Eugenio Suarez, Julio Rodriguez. And you just have four umpires doing their best to try to break this up, and it's it's near impossible. All right, that's from the Angels of Television uh, Network. There, uh, yes, a winker hit. He starts to go to first base and goes, nope, U-turn, that's it. Bench is empty, and we actually have a brawl, a real brawl. And, you know, not a great job. I really don't like to to get on, you know, play-by-play guys, but, I mean, come on. Did you hear the crowd in the background? They're, like, revved up, fired up, let's go. Yeah, you guys start doing blow-by-blow here. That's it. All right, so-and-so's in there, and there's a shot there. There were actually punches that were thrown, unlike most Major League Baseball dances here that are brawls. Yeah, stare downs and whoa, 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 let's hold each other back. Let's talk trash. Nobody wants to throw a punch. There are actually punches thrown, you know, in this thing. So, yeah, it wasn't, you know, a whole standing around, you know, variety of, of a brawl. This is the actual punches were thrown here. Uh, what I liked the most probably was all said and done, uh, bubble gum and sunflower seeds were tossed. Yeah. That was outside. Just take everything in the dugout. And this is what I've never, never understood for these ham and eggers who weren't even throwing a punch. Like Rodriguez goes in there, yeah, take that, yeah, throw this on the field. You're taking your bubble gum, your double bubble, by the way. And, uh, you know, obviously, double bubbles is a classic when it comes to, to baseball. you got to love that. I love the fact that they were cleaning it up afterwards. They yes. were all picking it like, oh, we're going to eat this afterwards. Yeah, we, of course. We need it. Well, still in the wrapper. Exactly. And the sunflower seeds. But you're taking your own stuff out of your own dugout and you're throwing it on the field. Like what? Oh, oh, and the poor Bat Boys have got to go clean that up. Yeah, I mean, that's a joke. Yeah. Game was delayed about 20 minutes to clear the field. Six players, both managers ejected. Uh, Phil Nevin, who's the interim manager for the Angels since Joe Mann got fired. And then Scott Service. Here's what Scott Service had to say about these festivities on Sunday and the entire weekend. Certainly, you know, a lot of stuff uh, uh, that probably shouldn't happen uh, in the game, you know, happened out there today, emotions running high, but uh, it's pretty clear what, what was going on. Uh, you know, they, they, they switched, put an opener to, to throw some balls at us and, you know, uh, got out of hand from there and, and kind of a, uh, a black eye on, on you know, uh, 
been a very good series, competitive series, you know, whatever. Uh, and it kind of got crazy there in the second inning. But uh, I've often said that if people show you who they are, believe them. How much would tensions have dissipated had Wance been ejected in the first inning after throwing at Julio? I think it would affect things quite a bit. That was clearly why he was put out there to do. It escalated to a point it, it shouldn't have. Yeah, you know, you, you hope guys come out uh, clear-headed and play the game the way it's supposed to be played the next day, but clearly it wasn't. You know, we keep playing baseball, play the game the right way, you know, and I don't think there's any, any point in, in getting that point you know, to that level uh, in the game today. All right, so Mariners and Angels, that's the way the weekend went. Uh, six players suspended, both managers uh, suspended and fined as well, too. So looking at this game between these two teams, it reminded me of another game back in the day between the Angels and the Mariners. Same two teams, and there was total chaos in this game going back to 1988. You had total chaos near brawl, and it went down like this. There's only one more out before the seventh inning stretch, Frank. I'm going to have my men on the alert, but you're going to have to stall them. Don't let them get that third out. Right, Ed. The Mariners shortstop, number four, Armando Grishoni. Grishoni. Yeah, you probably remember this. 1988! Sony hung up between first and second. What the hell you think you're doing? This is hard to believe, but apparently the umpires have got Frashoni in a rundown. Hey, say, how about that? He's out! Hey, out! He was safe! He was out! Safe! Now there's a side I've never seen. It's the third out. Yes, there it was. The same two teams. And if you remember that, 98 Naked Gun, Frank Drebin, the umpire, behind home plate, doing his thing, the moonwalk. We've talked about that before, right? Enrique Palazzo sang the national anthem, Frank Drebin, Leslie Nielsen, you got to love it. May he rest in peace. Leslie Nielsen died back in 2010, but one of the classics. And you heard there from classic Broadcasters Hall of Fame, Mel Allen, Kurt Gowdy, Jim Palmer was in there, and the umpires, Country Joe West was in there. Steve Saxon would, would, would love that. Got to love Joe West. Oh, my. Cowboy Joe. Country Joe West. There you go. There it is. And yes, people are going, what are you talking about? If you watch that movie... It's the Mariners against the Angels. Total chaos. So here it is, right? 
34 years later. Good math, right? So getting messages from Buck Power right now. Oh, really? Do you do we know who threw out the first pitch in that game? Who threw out the first pitch in that game? Well, should we just wait for Buck Power to tell us when he comes on? Let's do that. Yeah, okay. Remind me. I got you. All right. There it is. Uh, one of the classics. But you know where I'm going to go with this, right? What upset me about this movie, and you heard the PA announcer, and if you watched the movie, it was the Angels and the Mariners, and the uniforms were there, but it was in Dodger Stadium. It wasn't in Anaheim. It was ridiculous. If you're going to do it right, what? They're not going to let them film in Anaheim? Oh, no, we got to film in L.A. County? Is that is that the dealio? Then have the Dodgers in the game. Don't have the Angels in the game. It's like Angels in the outfield. Did they film that in Anaheim? No! What's it? We can't do Anaheim? They film Angels in the outfield in Oakland. Are you crazy? It makes me sick. You have to get these things right. You got to get it right. Just so infuriating. Don't insult our intelligence. As baseball fans, we know the locations of these stadiums. It's like that rinky-dink basketball movie with Whoopi Goldberg tried to be the coach and she was sitting up at the garden in the 18th deck up there. Next thing you know, she's coaching. That was the L.A. Sports Arena they filmed that out. Not Madison Square Garden. I know MSG. (sighs) Anyway, there you go. Mariners, Angels. There's your brawl. You like that? All right. With that, how about Freddie Freeman over the weekend? I got to get to this, too. Uh, Freddie Freeman returned to Atlanta over the weekend in a very emotional reunion. Obviously, Freddie Freeman with the Dodgers now. Teared up on several occasions as the Dodgers played the Braves. Uh, You know what he did yesterday? He fired his agents. Yes. Freddie Freeman fired his agents because he felt that they mishandled his negotiations, which led to him being let go by the Braves and signing with the Dodgers in the offseason. So... What Freddie found out much later was this. The Braves made a $135 million offer. It was a five-year deal for $135 million. Do the math there. Five into 135, num check. What is that? You know? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Don't, don't. I just... <laughs> Come on, man. Really? You, you... Okay. You, you can figure that out. All right. That's uh, about uh, $25 million a season. Give or take more than that. 27. 27.5, I think. Give or take. All right. The So that deal was on the table days after the lockout. The lead negotiator contacted Alex Anthropoulos, the head of baseball operations for the Braves, and presented two proposals on behalf of Freddie Freeman, significantly higher than the $135 million offer, giving the team an hour to respond. So when the deadline passed... Um, his negotiator and the Braves president agreed that there were no offers on the table. What? The Braves believing that Freddie Freeman's agent, that the deadline meant that Freeman was about to conclude a deal with another team, likely the Dodgers. Then they quickly pivoted to make a blockbuster deal for Oakland A's first baseman Matt Olson. And that's why they signed Matt Olson that quickly. They signed him to an eight-year a hundred and sixty-eight million dollar deal that effectively just put a squash to any chance of Freddie Freeman coming back to Atlanta, where he wanted to stay. Freddie Freeman was drafted by the Braves. He wanted to stay with the Braves his entire career. 
and didn't wasn't made aware of the financial ramifications and what the actual deal was on the table. I don't know what took Freddie Freeman so long, but he had told members of the Atlanta Braves, his former teammates, the current members of this Braves team, that, yeah, he was contemplating firing his agent. So what he did, right after they left Atlanta and boarded a plane to Colorado, Freddie Freeman fired his agents. And it's a shame because we love to see that. We love to see guys stay with their original teams. And uh, that could have happened here. Because the money that was on the table um, was more than what they had told Freddie Freeman. Terrible. Terrible deal. But that's where agents want to say, hey, you can't get punked. And, of course, agents want their take. you got to do what's in the best interest of the player. And in this situation, it didn't seem like that was the case uh, at all. There you go. All right. When we come back, we go across the pond and talk to our good friend, Paul Buck Power Stewart. We're going to talk hockey. We'll talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yes, we got to get that in. But we're going to go to Wimbledon and talk tennis and more. I got something for you. Here's the man, the myth. The oracle has spoken. The mouth. You hear me talking? T.C. Martin. One, two, three, four. Don't forget, we'll be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on Friday. We're going to take a hiatus after that. So come on by, see the show live on Friday. Take some vacation time on Fridays here in the next month or so. And then uh, back at it on September. But uh, come on by Friday. RBD in the house. Rob Van Dam be coming by. Marco D'Angelo got that. He's coming by. Plenty uh, others. B. Sal, I think, get in the house. And uh, Sam, the man, Gordon, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal as well. So we'll have a jam-packed show coming your way Friday at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Our Friday home. The Aces back in action tonight on the road. As we said before, they are in the middle of a four-game road trip. And they uh, started the road trip in Los Angeles on Monday where they got themselves a victory 79-73 to over Liz Cambage and the L.A. Sparks. It was a game where the Aces fell behind, but the Aces were not at full strength, and that is going to continue basically for the rest of this road trip. Chelsea Gray uh, did not make the trip with the team. She is dealing with some, uh, some family issues, so she did not uh, make uh, the trip. She will not be there tonight when the Aces take on the Seattle Storm. But going back to Monday night's game at the Crypto.com Center, formerly the Staples Center, uh, Aces got the win 79-73, snapped a two-game losing streak. Kelsey Plum had 29 points in that game. Asia Wilson, 25 and 11 rebounds. Uh, They carried the load as they combined for 54 points in that game. And to do that without Chelsea Gray, quite an accomplishment. Um, but uh, no other Aces player scored in double figures on Monday night. Uh, Jackie Young had nine, but Jackie Young got hurt in that game, had a hand injury, and uh, Jackie was not around uh, towards the end of that game, was not around uh, for the post-game press conference. But uh, Jackie is slated to go tonight, which is a good sign for the Aces. So it hurts without your you know two 
you know, two-thirds of your starting backcourt. So you got KP doing her thing, but without Chelsea Gray and um, without Chelsea Gray and uh, Jackie Young, that hurts uh, this team. No question about it. But it looks like Jackie Young will be back tonight as they take on the Seattle Storm. So Seattle Storm, very interesting team, as you know. Uh, beat the Aces in the in the bubble back in 2020 in Florida for the championship where they swept them. Uh, Storm still tough. Sue Bird announced her official retirement. So Sue Bird uh, is, is playing out uh, this season, and the Storm are a perennial threat again to the Aces and part of, uh, um, you know, this WNBA season here. So we'll wait and see what happens tonight. Uh, the betting line of this game has the Seattle Storm only a one-point favorite. You know, the Aces have been a commanding favorite just about in every game. And really, let's be honest, I mean, overvalued in a lot of these games. They're an eight-point favorite on the road against Los Angeles. And I don't think the odds makers probably knew that Chelsea Gray was not going to play in this game. So tonight, basically a pick em. Right now, Seattle minus one, a one-point favorite for tonight's game. So the Aces and the Storm, 7 o'clock tonight in Seattle. All right, now we go across the pond to our good friend hanging out there at Wimbledon. We've got to be quiet, probably. Paul Buck Power Stewart. Buck Power, what's going on, my man? I can hear you, my friend. What are you doing? Well, I'm, 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 actually, I'm not actually at Wimbledon. I'm sitting in a McDowell's restaurant in Queens while I'm eating my big mick. <laughs> Very nicely done, my friend. Very nice. Very nice. So you, you knew what I was talking about there. Exactly. I do indeed. And a little, little pop culture quest for you. Which very famous actor made his debut in that film? Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Very good. Very good. <laughs> He and one of the boys in, in the barbershop. In the barbershop. Now, let me, uh, I'll throw one at you also. Not sure if we, it was his debut, but it's one of his probably first or second films there. There's another iconic Hall of Fame actor in that Samuel movie. L. Jackson. Very nice. And do you, do you remember what his role was in that movie? Yes, I do. He held up the restaurant, and I'm not going to say what he said because we'll get kicked off the air. <laughs> That's right. He didn't say it. Yeah. But that was a preview. I think that was his audition for Pulp Fiction. Definitely. Yes. There it is. But yeah, so As I back- strike vengeance upon thee. Okay. Anyway. So going back to what you were talking about earlier, the Seattle and, Atlanta and, and the Angels fight, which made it here onto the BBC News, the, the question was, who threw out the first pitch in that game? Who threw out the first pitch in Naked Gun? Or who threw yes. out the fr- Oh, in Naked Gun. I didn't know if you're talking about Sunday. Who threw... Oh, see, man. Buck Power. It's been since 1988. Uh, wow. Very British. Something very British. Uh, so it would not be O.J. Simpson. No. The most famous person in Britain, apart from me, of course. The Queen! The Queen! Because, remember, they were trying to kill that bloody queen. And, and who tried to kill the queen? Who was it? Reggie Jackson. Number 44 at the time for the Angels in right field. I must kill the queen. Just just Academy Award performance by Reggie. And it wasn't just like that. It wasn't actually, of course, the real queen. It was a very famous actress called Jeanette Charles who spent about 30 years... Um, 
it, being the queen at different events on TV. You know, she became friends with the queen in real life. So, yeah, it's an actress called Jeanette Charles played the queen in that film, and she threw out the first pitch. And she was sitting next to whom? Famous actor also was part of that movie? Um... Ricardo Montalban, who played Khan in Star Trek. We are undefeated. I'm on fire today. I've won more than the Lightning have this week. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, too funny. Uh, That's a combined effort there, Paul. You and I combined to just sweep the board in in that segment of, of, of Naked Gun Trivia. You gotta love it. We did it. We did indeed. I've I've done too many film reviews on on the BBC over the years, so this is one I do remember pretty well. And, and I mentioned OJ Simpson. I mean, OJ was in that movie as well, too, right? Yes, he, they kept trying to kill him, so maybe they were trying to uh, send a message there as well. <laughs> and and didn't uh, didn't it end with OJ like going off of uh, the the mezzanine level of Dodger Stadium or the bar, into the parking lot yeah, or something in, like that? In the wheelchair. In the wheelchair. They smacked him on the back and he went flying down. And yeah. it's, one, it's also a great film because Priscilla Presley was hot in that film. She was hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's another award-winning actress. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not. <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right, my friend. You brought up the Lightning. Colorado defeats your Lightning in six games. Kind of old news by now, but we didn't get a chance to talk to you about it. Uh, you and TJ Reeves, you really, you guys, for some reason, you thought that this team was going to battle back. I mean, Paul, come on, all things must come to an end. I mean, you had back-to-back. I mean, that was enough. The better team won. Can you finally admit that now? The better skating team, the better offensive team, just the better team won this year. Well, I mean, although we we didn't get to hear what I said last week, I did actually predict the Avalanche were going to win in six. They were going to win game six, 2-1. No, I didn't actually. To be honest, the Lightning battled back. When they won game three, that was the turning point. Who was going to take game four? And the Avalanche won it in overtime. Now, the Lightning being the great champions, they did. They took game five in Colorado. But the Avalanche were the better team. You could see it throughout. It was a tremendous series. They were the two best teams in hockey. That was the final everyone wanted to see. But the Avalanche deserved their championship. And and maybe it is the end of a Lightning dynasty, but it was a dynasty. You know, all good things have to end, as the song goes. So it was a tremendous series. And, yeah, I, I give credit to the Avalanche. They deserved it. Good luck to them. I'm curious, Paul, what were the ratings on BBC Nine or whatever it was that they were showing this game. I mean, were you the only one in your radius, uh, maybe of a 15-mile radius, that was watching this game? Uh, quite possibly. I was watching it on an NHL feed. It was on a minor subscription station. So there were a lot of people. There are a lot of hockey fans in Britain, same as there are NFL fans, same as there are soccer fans in Vegas. So, And I think when you get to the final, you know, t- no matter who you supported – all British fans were watching the Stanley Cup, same as all British fans watch the Super Bowl, no matter who's playing in it. So, yeah, it's not going to be quite as popular as, as the millions who are watching Wimbledon this afternoon. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But it, it was popular, and it's got a niche audience, the same as all sports have around the world now. Okay, so that will uh, will transi- uh, tr- transition into this here, <laughs> asking about what the ratings were and how many people were watching it there in, in Britain. Uh, we have... The numbers here, Paul Buck Power Stewart. You know, Las Vegas may be a Golden Knights town, but it's really not a hockey town. And we have this conversation quite a bit because if we're going by TV ratings for games three and four of the Stanley Cup here in Las Vegas, do you know where those two games ranked 
in the positioning just in the local Las Vegas market. Numchuck? Probably just below the Las Vegas AAA's live cutting. No, 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 no. I mean, no, seriously, you got to think here. This is, you know, this is the Stanley Cup Finals. We do have a hockey team. The Vegas Golden Knights have appeared in a Stanley Cup Final, be it four years ago. But those games ranked fourth in our local TV ratings behind which shows? If we want to continue our, our trivia fest here, Oh, I what have shows? No on this one. I don't know what you guys are watching now. Okay, Numchuck, you can play the music. It was behind Jeopardy. Okay. Wheel of Fortune. I've heard of that. And a show that I've never heard of before, Gutfield. Is anyone familiar with Gutfield? Never no. heard of it. <laughs> Is that a German version of Seinfeld? I, I don't know. That's what I thought. I was going to say Seinfeld, unless it was a misprint uh, you know, in the tabloid that I read here. But uh, Google, is there such a show as Gutfield? That's what I want to know here. But yeah, fourth. Fourth. Now, here's the problem with this here. And I don't know about you guys, but here, where do you find it? So many people don't know where to find the Stanley Cup playoffs because it was on NBC forever. And then if the games aren't on NBC, it's on NBC Sports Network, you know, the cable affiliate, but it's always on NBC. And this year they throw in ESPN. And then when you throw in ESPN, that means you automatically get ABC, which not a lot of people uh, really make that transition because ABC is the parent company. But look how many games, including playoff games here, that you had to go try to find these games on TNT. I mean, it was worse than the NBA. So one of the reasons is no one was interested in the Lightning and the Avalanche. Number two, people are really only interested in the Golden Knights, and they're still fringe hockey fans because I still you know, believe that this is not a big hockey town. It's not. Uh, they go there for the party, the entertainment, and they're Golden Knights fans. But you can't even find these games on TV for the average you know, Joe public. They can't find them. So... The NHL continues to be a quandary. It continues to be a mess here. And the ratings are proving that. I, I think, have yeah, The NHL signed an agreement with ABC and ESPN. It's, it's an eight-year deal that started yeah. this year. So you can see where it's come across. And I've got to actually give credit. I thought the ESPN coverage of the finals was very good for those who saw it. Sean McDonough and Ray Ferraro are a tremendous play-by-play yes. Duo, they were fantastic. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, because I'm watching a feed. I can always watch the home or the way feed during the regular season. Then I pick up the national feed for games. So maybe being four thousand miles away, I have better coverage of hockey than you guys do. It, it, it's crazy. Yeah, and I love Sean McDonough. He's great at whatever he does. Numchuck, you said you have answers. I have answers. What do you got? It is a oh. late night talk show. On the Fox News Network, it was so it was it is a real show, right? It's a real show. See, thank you. I yeah. thought it was a. I've never heard of it. Gutfield. He. It is Greg Gutfield. He hosts. Or he used to host the show Red Eye, and now he hosts a late night talk show on the Fox News. How Network. How bad is this when the Stanley Cup Finals, featuring the two best teams in hockey, are behind Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, and Gutfield? That's embarrassing. Wow. All right. And yet over here to say tonight, and as I was talking to you on social media earlier, pretty much every BBC channel switched to Wimbledon tennis because of Andy Murray playing this evening. Oh, yeah, I bet. All right, speaking of Wimbledon, Paul, uh, Serena Williams loses to Harmony yep. Tan yesterday. Three hours and 11 minutes, riveting match. 
you know, it's one of these things where I don't know if you feel this way, but we talk about Michael Jordan at the end of his career, you know, Bernard Hopkins at the end of his boxing career. I mean, watching Serena, I just kind of felt bad. I mean, she just couldn't move. Uh, three hours and 11 minutes, uh, she loses. Uh, won the first set, 7-5. Um, you know, no, actually, she well, she lost the first set, 7-5, but she won the second set, 6-1. Uh, but then 7-6, and we had the 10-point tiebreaker. An incredible match. And what does the British media do afterwards? They pummel her with questions right away. It's like, is this it for you? And she says, "Well, I, I don't know. I, you know, give me some time. I got to think about it. You know, today could be different than tomorrow, and tomorrow could be different than last week, and next week could be different than next month. I don't know." And they go, "Well, if it is your last time, how would you? How are you going to remember this? Would this be considered a great memory or a disappointment?" And she's going, "Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to be disappointed. It's like, come on, man. Let's let's do a better job media wise here." I mean, all journalists do that, TC. I mean, you know, you hear that after things like Super Bowls where they're interviewing a player going, is that your final game? They all do it. But I mean, the, the British public at Wimbledon, and it's Wimbledon, not Wimbledon. There's a D in there. It's a great sporting iconic event. And the British fans really get behind their heroes. Not So Serena Williams has won so many times. She's almost treated as British and she's given the respect for how she played. So I think, you know, but I mean, this evening we had Andy Murray, who was the first British player to win Wimbledon men's in, in sort of 80, 70 years. You know, he's won it twice. He's won the Olympics. He's 35 years old. He's reaching the end of the line. And I think people were watching tonight realising this could be the last time they see him play. So when this match went into sort of late, you know, early evening here in the UK and they put the floodlights on at Wimbledon, every British channel started switching to showing this game. And the viewing figures went off the charts because they realised it could be the last time they see him play there. He is Paul Buck Power Stewart. Paul, over in England, in Wimbledon, uh, you mentioned Andy Murray. So t- talk about what's, what's the latest with him and how, how much of a legitimate shot does he have to win? Oh, he, well, he got beaten this evening, so I'd say zero. Yeah. <laughs> he got beat this evening or while we're on the air? He already, he already went bye-bye? Yeah, he lost in the second round to John Isner. It was a match that went four sets. John Isner's one of the greatest serving players. He was part of that incredible match um, just over 10 years ago that went on for sort of eight hours against Nicholas Mahout, mm. the one that finished 70-68 in the fifth set and the reason they put tie breaks in now. But Isner was full of credit. He did an interview on the court where he's paying tribute to Murray and he got so much respect from the British fans for how classy he was because people know what Andy Murray's gone mm. through just to try and get back to play at Wimbledon one last time. All right, brother. All right, uh, Paul, if you're okay, we're going to keep you over. We're going to ask you to come back here after the top of the hour here since we had some technical difficulties getting you on a little bit because I definitely want to hit a little bit more Wimbledon with you and uh, other things. Wimbledon, all right, with you. Thank uh, you. And uh, a little bit more as well. All right, uh, we are live here on a Wednesday. You got to love it here. As Paul Buck Power Stewart will continue to join us And uh, maybe we'll even talk some Major League Baseball as well, too. On this Wild Wednesday edition. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. TC 
Martin Show. Boat lines it into left field, a base hit, Cespedes will score, and the Oakland A's walk off with game two of the ALDS. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. And Turner in the air center field, that ball's hit well. Martinez on the run, this is way back, and it is gone! It is a walk-off home run for Justin Turner! The doctor is now in... Hour number two coming your way. Oh, yes. Want to thank Buck Power, Paul Stewart in the house. Join us live from England from Wimbledon. Talking about that. This hour, El Tigre is back in the house. Roaming around three-time world champ, Tony the Tiger Lopez. My man in the house here today. So we got that hour number two and a whole lot more. Don't forget tomorrow. No, not tomorrow, right? Friday. Be back at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Make sure that you come on out, see the show live. RVD, Rob Van Dam will be joining us. Uh, Money in the Bank is here this weekend, right, at MGM Grand. All right, so uh, get ready for that. Uh, But we'll be at the Cosmopolitan as we do each and every Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Plus, our regular handicappers. You never know who's going to stop by the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. But back to Paul Buck Power Stewart. Live from England. Paul, is it past your bedtime there? What, 11 o'clock there right now, right? Yeah, this is now late night with Paul Stewart, so forget <laughs> James Corden. I'm taking over. All right. So, Paul, I know that you're an all-around sports fan. Paul does all the NFL games when they come to Europe. Uh, he's he's crazy when it comes to Tampa Bay. But I know that you're, you've got to be a boxing fan too, right, Paul? You have to be a boxing fan. Actually, no. I've got to be honest. I have never watched a boxing bout in my life. It's a sport I've never had me interested in. It's terrible. Here I am again. I said to you the other week I don't gamble, and now here I am admitting I don't like boxing, and I'm on the number one sports talk show in the number one gambling and boxing state capital of the world. What am I doing? You are, and you're a three-time world champion, Tony the Tiger Lopez. And, Tony, can you believe we have a Brit who's not a boxing fan? What do you got to say about this? Can we cut him off? <laughs> just cut him. Just, just, I can be very brave from six thousand so, miles away. So let's go. We know. We, I mean, we know Ricky Hatton. I mean, come on, Paul. You got to sing the song, right? Oh, Ricky Hatton, ah, like a winter wonderland. Right now, you know that, right? Come on. That uh, to be honest, Am I getting crickets I really here? I, I really don't. You don't know who Ricky Hatton is? Oh, come on. I know who Ricky Hatton is, but I don't know the song. You don't know the song? Okay. All right, Tiger, when you were fighting, who who are some of the great English... Well, there's never any great English boxers. Let's be clear, right? They stink. But anyway... Ricky Hatton. That was was it, right? Barry McGuigan? No, Barry McGuigan. No, watch. I got a story about Barry McGuigan. Okay. He's the one that got away. I always wanted to fight Barry McGuigan. Yeah? And you want me to tell you why? Tell me why. Because he was tough. And I'm not saying I could have beat him, but I, but I am saying it would have been a really good, good, tough fight. And, and that night, the, the winner take all. I mean, because I did want to fight Barry McGuigan. I just never got a chance. How would you feel about going over to England to fight there? I'd have went. If Barry McGuigan said, hey, Tony, come fight me over here. Okay, let's go. What time's, what time's the plane leave? Yeah, you didn't mind traveling. You, no, you, I loved it. You didn't care, huh? No, I could care less. <laughs> I'm fighting him, not the whole audience. Well, maybe after <laughs> maybe after I would have knocked someone out, I would have fought the whole audience. Right. And, right. I'm, not, and I'm not saying I would have knocked Barry McGuigan out because he was a tough dude. He was a bad Let me player. ask you, a little Paul Buck Power Stewart uh, boxing trivia. Have you ever heard of a guy named uh, Lennox Lewis? 
Yes, he was Canadian at birth, but he became British and became heavyweight world champion. <laughs> that, that is true, Canadian at birth. I, I got a, I got a, a Lennox Lewis, Lewis story. As well, I believe. Okay. Tony, you got a Lennox Lewis story? Yeah. Yeah, so do I. When, when I, had, I had you and Lennox Lewis with me on my show at the MGM. Is that going to be tied into that? Is that was that for the for the fight? That, who did he, did he fight that weekend, or what was that? No, he was just there because he was commentating. This is after he retired, but oh, this okay. was going about about six seven years ago. Oh, if no, you remember, no, yeah. no, no, that no. was the, that was the day that, that you and Chavez almost went went. Uh, we almost had a Lopez Chavez uh, fight there on my show. Oh, that right been good. That was the same day. It'd been short, but it'd been good. Right. <laughs> oh, well, watch this. No, I meant the first time I met. No, we're on radio. You can't watch this. Oh, you gotta okay, say, hear this. Hear, okay. hear, hear, hear this. Very good. Hear this. The first time I ever met Lennox Lewis, yeah. it was I was I was fighting in I think Reno, and it was one of or was it Lake Tahoe? I don't remember. It was either Lake Tahoe or Reno? It was but, somewhere in Nevada. But we had to go. It could have been Las Vegas. Yeah, no, it was either <laughs> Reno or Lake Tahoe. But we had to go to Reno. It could have been Pahrump for, for for a news conference. Okay. And so there's Lennox Lewis. He's really really long. He's sitting in the chair with his legs stucking out. You know, like, like kind of like this mm. with his legs crossed and, yeah. and leaning back. And I'm walking across the stage, but you know me, I'm always kidding, right? Because hmm. I seen this big old dude. I never, I didn't know who he was. I just, and I'm walking up to his legs, and, I, and his legs are across the floor, damn, almost the whole floor. And I looked at him. He looks at me. He's not smiling because he was talking with some other guys, joking and laughing. Hmm. I look at him like with a real serious look. He looks at me, stops laughing. I go, "You gonna move?" <laughs> and, and I, I, and he just, he looks at me like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry." That's what he didn't say, it, but that's what he looked, hmm. and he moves. I'm going, dude, are you serious? You just moved? I wouldn't have moved if I was you. And it was funny because it was timing was everything. And then uh, and he fought uh, on the, oh, we fought in Lake Tahoe. It was on, he fought on the undercard of when, when I fought uh, uh, the kid from, uh, uh, was it Modesto or whatever he was? He came from 125-pound champion, tried to challenge me for a 130-pound title. And Lewis was, was, was there? Was, he was on, no, he was oh. on the undercard. He was on the undercard. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Uh, you I'm, don't sound very interested. No, no, not at all. What the? I, 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 no. Really? Yeah, yeah. Re- you're not that far. Uh, yeah. you're, not, you're, not a, you're not in England, buddy. <laughs> you're right here. <laughs> no, I just, I just know how you always get, you know, cities and dates and fights, you know, uh, you know mixed up there. So I just think you, you might be a little confused. No, because I, right. I was a real fighter in the, back in the real fight days. Yeah, really? So, so sometimes, you know, we kind of get mixed things mixed up today. Yeah, you yeah, t- but, took a few blows to the head. Yeah, quite a few. But no, we uh, understand yeah, that. Yeah. Paul Buckpower Stewart, uh, we're going to get back to Tony here, uh, but I want to finish up with, with Paul here, uh, going back to the Wimbledon stuff here, where today Harmony Tan withdrew from the women's double because her partner is the one uh, that, uh, or I'm sorry, well, her partner was Harmony Tam, right? Uh, that, that she had to bail out of the doubles. And her partner is upset because the Harmony Tam went three hours and 11 minutes and, and she brushed her off and says, oh, I'm in the singles now. I got hurt a little bit, so yeah, we can't play doubles uh, together. Uh, did you hear that story? And, and talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, a lot of that happens, TC, because players, you know, underdog players who get through to a sort of second or third round of Wimbledon, they don't expect to. So when, you know, they put themselves in the doubles as well, and suddenly here they are with a chance to do really well and get ranking points. So they are going to say, well, okay, doubles goes to one side. That happens at all events. And I think her playing part is just letting off steam here. It's just one of those things that happens. I mean, you know, you'll you'll see that in all, all of the major tennis events during the year, all of the Grand Slam events, where an underdog starts making their way through the singles, they pull out of the doubles as well. What is the atmosphere 
over there at Wimbledon. Now, I know that you you've definitely covered that. You've been there and everything. What is it in in comparison to say the U.S. Open? Because we we view the U.S. Open as it being you know really more boisterous than some of these other other tournaments where you have crowd participation. It's almost treated like not to the level of of a basketball game or a baseball game or a football game, but it is it seems much more enthusiastic than it would be at Wimbledon. Yeah, I think the British are more reserved by nature. Um, but I think what it is, so Flushing Meadow, I'm not sure the actual, you know, the size of some of the courts in terms of how many people are there, but it's open air and it just seems bigger. Centre Court of Wimbledon holds about 14,000, but they're all really packed in. And I think the first time you go there, and I remember talking with the late great Dick Enberg about this when he was there, he couldn't believe how small centre court was, how you really, even if you're sitting at the back, you feel you can reach down and shake hands with the players. It's a much more close, compact audience, so the noise reverberates around. Now, yeah, the fans are more respectful. They're cheering, they're cheering good tennis. So, yes, people were getting really behind Andy Murray today because he's British, but they want to see good tennis, and that's what happens. So, yes, the British are more reserved, but the atmosphere is absolutely amazing. It's one of those iconic sporting venues that everyone should go to. You know, it's one of those bucket list places everyone should go at least once in their life, TC. So you mentioned that Andy Murray's out now, so the Brits probably don't have any chance to win anything, do they? What are the Americans' chances here, Paul, either from the men's or the women's side? Well, we have Dave... um um, Murray, I can't remember his first name now. He's a, he's the number nine seed. He's one of our players who sort of made his way through. As Murray's been getting older, this other guy's been coming through. To be honest, it, it's Djokovic. He's likely to win the game. You know, he, he's a, he's a Wimbledon specialist. Um, he's he's not that popular with the British fans because some of the things he's said and done over the years. Um, but it's really lined up for him to win in the women's tennis. It could be anyone. It really could be anyone you could win. Um, I think the days, you know, when we look back of there being big-name players, the Navratilovas, the Chris Eberts, you know, really going back in the day, they were always favourites. You know, women's tennis is completely open these days, but the men, it's Djokovic, Djokovic, and then Djokovic is your third choice as well. Mm. All right, Paul Buckpower Stewart joins us from England. Paul, the LIV Tour continues to get more PGA competitors, more defections. You were there when the LIV had their first event. Uh, I want to know how well was that attended, and what are people thinking about this tour now as more and more uh, you know, former PGA Tour members are, are now joining this uh, Saudi Arabia thing. So the first event was held at Centurion Club near London, and the actual paid attendance was about the same number of people as you have in the studio. It, they were handing out free tickets to every club in the area, trying desperately to get people to come along. They were handing out free food and drink vouchers. In fact, I'm surprised Nunchuck wasn't there because the word free drink was being used. So the actual number of people there were probably about 1,200 with about four paying to get in. Now, in terms of the people who are going, it's the malcontents and the past its and the has-beens who are going. So the likes of, you know, Sergio Garcia, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, fine, they've had their day, they're looking for a payday. You've now got the likes of Patrick Reed, Kevin Nargoing. going, who cares? 
Byron DeChambeau. The, the PGA Tour are probably going great. You know, if you were going to prune the bush, they would be the deadwood and the, <laughs> and the branches you want to cut off in the first place. So to be honest, I don't think it's going to be successful. I think, you know, they've launched their event. They've got another event coming up, I believe, in the next week or so here, you know, in the States. But we've got another major championship coming up with the Open of St. Andrews. All the big players will be there. Now, they're not going to restrict... The live players can still play in the Open. They cannot play in the Scottish Open the week before because that is PGA sanctioned. But even today, the PGA Tour and the what's the European Tour have formed an even more stronger alliance to basically fight off this threat. And I don't think it's going to succeed. And I think, you know, the players that are going, the PGA Tour are pretty much saying, fine, go, we don't care, bye. I think that is the first time in a sports context we heard pruning a bush on this show. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean, Tony? You come on this show when I'm on and you hear everything new. We even talk cricket over here on this show. So there it is. So I'm glad you brought this up. Okay. So before we let you go, and again, we've got Tony the Tiger Lopez in here, three-time boxing world champ. Tony, yeah. how familiar are you with cricket? <laughs> What's cricket? <laughs> I, I, I know you have crickets. Yeah. It's, your, it's your home in Sacramento, yeah, correct? Yes, sir, I do. I've been there. I've, I've heard them in, the in that backyard. Exactly. Yeah, there they are. They, they you, sound just like that. You, you, Those are my crickets. Yeah, you yeah. brought you brought them with you. All right. Uh, yeah. You, do you really know? Have you heard of the sport cricket? No, I do. Yeah. No, I, I okay. Do. So if I asked you to de describe, just off the top of your head, what you believe cricket is, how would you describe it? A ball with a... <laughs> The, the answer is a, the stick, answer is, a ball with a stick, right? Right. Comparable to any one of our sports, maybe a little bit. Baseball, maybe, right? Maybe okay. A little bit. So now, Paul, go ahead and, and, and your teaching class here uh, to the remedial uh, cricket fan. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, Tony, you know as much about cricket as I know about boxing. It, it, it's baseball Obviously. for the British. It's baseball for the British. It's, you know, we've changed the rules slightly. It's a, but you, all you can say is games can last for five days. You have lunch breaks and drink breaks, and you can get completely hammered watching cricket for five straight days. What more could you want than that? Wait, Tiger's saying sign me up right now. Oh, wait, no, no, first of all. You, it sounds like you have to be sleep-deprived, an alcoholic, and a sore loser to play the game. I don't get it. Not, that's a long, that's a long, watch. I'm a fighter. My attention span is about, okay, what's the next subject? I'm, I'm over it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So I, Remember, I, you do fight three-minute rounds. Yeah, they're, and they're only, and half the time I'm going, are we still fighting? Yeah. This, what round is this? So, I mean, uh, how many days did you say this goes on for? So test matches could last five days. Holy sheep shit. <laughs> That's a long time. I mean And he's right. You could have lunch you have breaks in between. So here we're so used to three hour do, games. Do we get naps? Yeah. Do we spend the night? Do I bring up do I bring a sleeping bag or how, Yeah, what how do you do, Paul? You go home and come back? Yeah, so you play for two hours before lunch, two hours after lunch, and two hours after tea. So six hours. Oh, a tea! Day. Don't forget, we have to stop the world for tea. Yeah, stop, for tea. stop everything! Get, no traffic in the city because we days. have to have tea. Time. Of course. This <laughs> well, is England, TC. We live. We love our afternoon tea. Really? <laughs> so, okay. okay I, I guess. Uh, okay. <laughs> you don't yeah, know where to go. No, uh, I'm, I'm lost. Cricket. This is, def this is definitely one of the hardest. <laughs> Tony was thinking it was more like croquet. 
There you go. There we go. That's the one I, that, that's the one I was thinking of. Croquet. Right. Is, isn't it? Cr- with like a wooden ball. Or, yeah, or, what's cricket to put, yeah, with the, What's cricket? What's cricket? It's like baseball where they actually have a pitcher, but they don't call him a pitcher. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Paul. They call it a bowler. And he, throw, and he throws this ball made out of what, Paul? What's a ball made out of? Um, it's sort of it's it's pretty much like a baseball, but a bit harder than a baseball. Yeah. And, it's and they throw it over. Seats. They look really ridiculous to it. They bounce it, and they take this bat that looks like um, like you know like somebody you like you paddle your kid with or something like that. Got to be careful what I say here. Or you, it's a big, a big paddle. I got to be careful how I answer that. question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, it's one of those things, and they swing it like a bat, and then after that. That's where I get lost because I don't know where they run or how far they run, but it's like in a sandlot or something like that. Well, I can hear that from. Hey, what what is it? Holy wow, that's that looks like it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> how far do they run? You you to- basically you you score by running. You imagine you imagine in baseball you score to run by running to the pitcher's mound and back would be a way of doing it. You know, it, it's a different way of scoring. You score a lot more runs in cricket than you would in baseball, unless you're talking about the Houston Astros pitching stuff. Uh, <laughs> now, now, that's good now. You, you know, like so, a typical baseball score, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, three to two, four to three. Right, Paul, right. give us a typical cricket score. Um, well, England in the lot on Monday chased down a score. We were two hundred. We chased down two hundred ninety-eight runs to beat New Zealand. We scored two hundred ninety-eight, and only three people got out. Who who makes two hundred and ninety runs? Oh, I guess that's in five days, right? Yeah, this yeah this was in the fight on the final day. We had to score that many. Oh, okay, okay, that's an easy game. Okay. <laughs> I thought you meant it was all in one time. Okay, I, I meant in one day that'd have been a lot of runs. I, I'd be a little tired. Yeah, a little bit, not real tired, but a little bit tired. But I think we get one run every time we cross the plate. Don't you guys get like six or seven, something like that? Yeah, well, yeah, you could. If a home run is worth six and a ground rule double is worth four, hey, when I used to play baseball, TC, everybody hit home runs off me. It was called batting practice. Of course, I can understand that too. I can understand that. Well, we're so here, we're California. We're so here to the border. I ran to the border all the time. Yeah, <laughs> so running for me is easy. <laughs> the, the bounty hunter, Tony the Tiger Lopez. All right, Paul. On that note, uh, we will let you go. I am, I am stuck with this guy for the next forty minutes. It would be really entertaining as it normally is. Oh, it's been a pleasure. TC, thank you for being on there. I wish everyone in Nevada and Vegas a very happy day. And Tony, a pleasure working with you. I hope it was I hope nice talking we to you, get buddy. to meet in person one day. Yes, sir. We'll make it happen. Yeah, there he goes. And if you had to uh, get, take Tony to a meal in England, what would that meal consist of? Oh, I'll, I'll take him for a traditional roast, roast beef and potatoes. With, right. with all the vegetables trimming and an, an ice cream with with some sauce on top, uh, a good a good traditional English food. What about a banger? Don't you guys have bangers over there? What are they? Yeah, like? that's sausages. Yeah, sausages. Your hot dogs. We call them bangers. Oh, no, no, I'm good with that. <laughs> I don't want no sausages called a banger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> We speak the same language, Tony, but it's a different language. Just a little different accents, but speak the same language. Exactly. It's jolly good. Bog power. We'll talk to you later, my friend. Enjoy. I would say enjoy the 4th of July, but I know you don't celebrate that. But maybe since you enjoy so many other American delicacies and sports, maybe you're the lone guy firing up your piccolo Pete there in your neighborhood there in England. Well, no taxation without representation. (laughs) Squeeze the second P. (laughs) (laughs) Buck Power, talk to you later, my friend. There it is. There it is. You had a little 
English lesson today. You yeah, like that? I did. Yeah. Well, I learned something. Yeah. What'd you learn? They're a lot like Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no bangers for you. Yeah, no bangers for me. That's Thank it. God. Exactly. Uh, remember, you always want to be the, the pitcher and not the catcher. Not the catcher. Right? <laughs> With that note, we'll take it to a break. Uh, But we come back. The Tiger is in the house. We'll talk some boxing and who knows what else as the entourage is in the house here today. T.C. Martin Show on a Wild Wednesday. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless. And what I say, you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at (laughs) tcmartinshow.com. All right, back at it here on this Wednesday. I get a phone call this morning from my man, Tony the Tiger Lopez. He goes, I'm in town. I said, all right, man, come on by. Let's roll. And the Tiger is in the house. He was here a couple weeks ago. I think you're starting to make this uh, your second home here is what I think. You love Las Vegas. I've been trying to get you to move here like forever. I, I, I can't move here yet. Yeah? Well, and I'm not in a hurry, so don't, don't take this wrong. I'm, I'm far from being in a hurry, but my mom's still alive, and I can't live too. I can't move too far no, from I, mom because she's 83. I understand that. So I'm going to yeah. stay around Sacramento for a minute. Uh, uh, and mom's still running the show too. Yeah, oh I know yeah, she's, oh yeah. You know, she, she don't play. Yeah. If, if if my mom says to do something, I still do it. Yeah. If she says jump, I don't even ask how high. I just yeah. jump. Uh, you had to ask her permission to come here. And, and then you? I ask, I ask if it was high enough, and she says no. I jump again. Yeah. <laughs> Because mom rules the house. And I'm 59 years old. Ding. It's like my mom. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, so last time you were here, uh, you brought uh, Albert Ochoa. Yes. Who's here. Yes. You brought him in the house. And he was just off a knockout victory. Now, you know, we have, like yourself, former champs, current champs. They're still part of the, part of the show. And we do talk about the celebrity boxing circuit. But, you know, and we kind of make fun of it. You know, as you know, because yeah. you know, we like, come on, are you kidding? Yeah. But what I like about Albert here is, is he's taking this very, very seriously because yes. he's basically employed you, and I say employed not in the sense of, of paying. Oh, by the way, is he paying you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm we, wa- I ain't wasting my time. Okay. A lot you know, of money. You know, well, you know that's got to come, you know, three way now. You know, you, you, oh, yeah. you, you have to pass yeah. it down. You oh, understand? Yeah. That? Well, yeah. Wait, when did you start managing? No, 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 not oh, no, Chuck. Oh, 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 sorry. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. uh but anyway, with Albert, you know, you see a lot of potential with this guy. So now the natural question here is, okay, he's kind of like the Jake Paul in a sense where we've seen a lot of this where YouTubers want to box and there's a market for the celebrity boxing, and we understand that. But Albert, have you thought of, of just, you know, going full time and saying, hey, you know you want to train to be a boxer, but we know that you want to fight celebrities yeah. and that sort of thing and people yeah. in your own realm but have you ever had the discussion with tony about hey you know i'd really like to you know try to start a boxing career do this 24 yeah. 7 and fight nothing but boxers gotcha gotcha well it's funny we talk about that i mean a lot every day you know about my goals and where i want to go and how do i achieve it because you know tony's done it and mm. it's only right to ask him because he knows what mm. he's doing um but right now, you know, I want to continue to learn. I want to continue to build myself up and learn this sport, especially from a three-time world champion. Um, things are looking really good. Um, you know, I'm doing everything he's telling me to do. And, you know, I, we've, I train every day. When we were in this training camp, we were going seven days a week till leading up to that fight. Um, so I am doing it full time. And I am putting my heart and mind in this sport. And, 
you know, uh, I'm just going to continue to do this, and whoever they put in in front of me, I will win, and uh, I will get the job done every time. So, Tony, as you know, this is not the conventional way, going back to old school. I mean, when you got a, a fighter, no matter what his age was, whether he's young like you, or even if they got a late start in boxing, they had to go through the amateur you know, ranks to right. do all that. And we're seeing more and more guys turn pro quicker. We're seeing more and more guys like Albert saying, okay, wait, I can maybe make some fast money here, build my name up via social media and get some of these fights. Uh, and it takes people time, especially old school guys like you and I, to adapt to that. Do you think that that way can work? Or if you've got a young fighter that you're really interested in, are you still advocating, hey, at least maybe not have 100 amateur fights, but maybe have 20 or 30 amateur fights? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean amateur fights are for this. They're to get you used to the crowd. They're to get you used to losing the weight if need be. It, it, to peak at a certain time, they, it serves a purpose. Uh, I don't really care. Let's say, let's say I think you're a great fighter, but you're 15 and seven. The amateurs don't mean nothing to me, because I know some amateurs that can't fight a lick but turn pro and become world champions. You know what I mean? So it's it's a different ball game. Once you turn pro, it's, you got to learn a whole new game. So I, amateurs is just to get you used to doing what you need to do. Then when you turn pro, forget all you learned, and let's re, let's re up what you what you learned and learn how to fight, how to, how to really fight. Mm-hmm. And with with Albert, watch. Albert has a, he, he has a gift, uh, and I, and I like I just told him a, a minute ago. I never even told him to just a few minutes ago because I just thought of it. And but when his last fight, I told him what I want him to do. I told him when the bell rings, go out there, use your jab, and once you hit him with a jab, start. Sticking right, right hands and don't stop punching to the bell rings. It, it's it's a minute and a half. Give it all you got. He was ready for three, five three minute rounds. He's ready for it. I prepared him well for it. So he went in there and you know, you know, as as all new fighters, they got they're not a hundred percent confident. I could do that. Maybe I might get too tired. Maybe I might. What if I get tired? They, everybody has that in their head. They all do. But he went out there and did it. When he came back. After the first round, I thought, okay. I told him, there's really not much to tell you. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing, you're doing a great job. Keep on staying on, stay on his butt. He went out to the second round, stopped him. Great. You know what? Uh, and to me, his actions of going out in the, in the first round and doing what he needed to do, going out in the second round doing what he needed to do, tells me he, he, has, he has potential to learn and he wants to learn. Because you'll be surprised how many fighters you tell, hey, why don't you go out there and throw some jabs? Hooks the right hands and you know go back to the body and they don't do anything. They don't do anything because they get out there and they get lost. You know he stuck to the program and he won. You know it's 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 not rocket science. I'm 59. I've been doing it 49 years. I think I know a little bit about boxing. You know it's not like if you not like when I get on Instagram and say something like, like these two guys are throwing body blows and then uh, I said all I said was. What you do in the they had no defense, their hands were down, they weren't they had no pivoting, they did nothing but move their arms. And all I said was, What you do in the gym is what you'll do in the in the ring. Mm-hmm. And then everybody started raining on me, What do you know? Do you? I'm like, Really? <laughs> really? I, I told you before, you stay off social media, I know. just stay I, off. I know. Haven't but, you been in Facebook but, jail? I mean, you know, not, more than anybody else, and yeah, now Instagram, yeah. Well, you yeah, can make money much. off it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing but, yeah. but you know, but here's the thing. Like with Instagrammers, and then you get you get like okay, like the kid's father, hmm. the, or the the guy's trainer. He he got in there and said, "Hey, thank you very much." It was his first day. They just got done. They're a little tired, but hey, I, I appreciate basically I appreciate the input and thank you. See, he understood it. 
mm-hmm. you know but all these wannabes that they go well who do you think you are uh, a three-time world champion buddy uh, <laughs> I, but i don't know what i'm talking about you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, but i mean you know so so you get all these keyboard warriors yeah and son you know sometimes so, so i just stay off it sometimes and yeah. you know, i i get on once in a while mm-hmm. and talk a little bit of smack mm-hmm. and you know i don't know i but sometimes you you get you you might get somebody that that actually goes oh really okay so what do you mean by that you know if they ask me I'll tell them, yeah. and, and I'll be real. You know, Albert, how old are you? Um, I'm 22 years old. So you're 22. All right. When did you first have this idea or thought or even a love yeah. of boxing? It's funny. Um, about two years ago, um, you know, I wanted to get into it. I didn't know how. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know what, you know, what to do. Uh, but two years ago, you know, I spoke into existence. I said, hey, if they're fighting, they're, you know, they're showing people that you can do it. Why don't I do it? And I and anything I do, I put my mind to it. I give it my all. And Tony could tell you that he'll vouch for me any day about that. Um, so I spoke spoke it, spoke it to existence, and next thing you know, it the right people came and they gave me an opportunity. And what about a year and a half later, I'm in Miami fighting on a nice card with Riddick Bow, Tony the Tiger there, um, mm-hmm. pay per view, people watching, you know, pay to watch me, and it it was a fun experience. And you know, I want to do it again. And I'm only getting better, and I'm only getting uh, you know stronger mentally, physically, emotionally. So was that the first time you put on boxing gloves at twenty? Twenty at uh, age twenty? Well, no, no, I no, I just saw you said a couple it, you know, years ago. Uh, so I I'm spoke into existence. I, I never picked up no gloves. I never did anything to this year. What? And <laughs> and you know, people in the gym are saying, "Hey, it takes a few years just yeah. to even spar." Right. And you're getting in there well, just to get the basics and the, yeah. You know, and I'm you... getting in the ring with two weeks of learning some stuff. And you know, I'm yeah, maybe I'm learning a lot faster than others, or I'm getting pushed a lot quicker because you know, there's fights on the line. There's people wanting to see me, you know, fight, win or lose. Um, which the plan is to keep winning. Um, but you know, I'm learning. You know, I'm keep. You know, I put my mind to anything I want to do, and no one can take that away from me. Tony, you and I are laughing because we know that that that's that's very unconventional, yeah, right? No, no wait. here's 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 this crazy. I got. I got to tell the story. First time he says, "Hey, Uncle, come watch, come help me. I got to fight in eight days. I I need some help." Blah blah blah. So I, from Sacramento, I drive all the way to Petaluma to watch him train. I go over there. I walk in the gym, talking to the guys every school. He starts training. I'm going, "Oh my God, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do for this kid." So then, like I don't know what made me say yeah, but he's I, he asked me to come back again the next day. Don't know why I did, but I did. I came back. Watched him again. I go, oh my God, he's even worse today. <laughs> and then I basically told him, "There's nothing I can do for you. Go have your fight. You know, call me." But when you why have a would you months. say that? I mean, you, you get a guy who's raw, and you can teach him like uh, fundamental. Uh, because the fight was in eight. You he, throw a better jab than he did. Okay. <laughs> but and the thing is, you know, I I work so <laughs> hard. <laughs> Boom! Southpaw. Snap yeah. it. No, you know, I work so hard. You know, and nobody could take that away from me. Nobody can. And he's seen it. You know, I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this sport. This past, you know, this training camp, I worked my, you know, I worked hard. So, hold on. So, were you saying there's nothing I could do for you because you knew we had a fight in eight days? And, and oh, yeah. It, it, because yeah. the yeah. time frame was so short. Uh, so, but if a guy it. came to you, because I've seen other guys come to you and say, hey, train me this and that, and there was no timetable. Then you're saying, okay, fine, we got something to work with. But you were saying no shot because he, eight, he had a eight, fight eight, immediately. Yeah, eight days yeah, I couldn't too do much. Right, I got so, you. And then I told him, hey, man, tell me when you have a couple months. So uh, a couple months later, he called me, hey, hey, I got a couple months. Got to fight in a couple months. How about you can train me? 
I said, okay, but you're coming to Sacramento because I'm not driving to Petaluma every day. Mm-hmm. So he starts driving down, and he starts learning. And, and, and we're working out every day at the, at the house because I didn't want to take him to the gym so he wouldn't be embarrassed. Just The Lopez Garage is a great uh, training site, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's I've a learned, great gym. I've learned more in that garage than people do in the gym in a year. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, no, yeah. Qu- no question. Yeah, and, no question. And so eight, 18 days later, he's coming back every day, and 18 days later I'm going, this dude's ready for a gym. Hmm. And I'm going, quick. okay. Yeah. So we go to a gym. We get him in the gym, and all the trainers are going, hey, Tony, uh, how many fights do your fighter have? <laughs> I go, none. <laughs> right. The guy just started 18 days ago. <laughs> They're going, really? Well, yeah. 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 And, and it's he, he's, he just picked it up really, really fast. He, and he, because he's that kid, you give him homework, and not, oh, watch, okay, here's, here, I'm being real. I'm not saying he did it every day. I'm not saying he did everything I told him every day at home. But he did a lot of it. He did more than not. Because he learned so fast. Because he was going home and practicing more of what he would need to, to work on. And he did it. Uh, I'm not saying every day, but I'm saying he did more than some, he did better than some. Yeah. So when he came back, it showed. So and that's what keeps me interested in him. And, and that's why. Because most fighters, you tell them what to do, they don't do it. I'm going, I'm wasting my time. I'm not. Because I'm not, most people, don't, I, I don't do this anymore, so don't, so don't even start having my phone ring. I used to train people for free, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I stopped that. Yeah. And, and then so, I mean, because I leave my work to come in, on the Bell Bonds Company. I leave the Bell Bonds Company to come, to come home to train guys, and sometimes nobody's there. Yeah. I'm going, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, so I quit. I just closed my garage. I haven't trained kids in years. Right. And, and so he's and the I've first never one. missed a day. The only time I missed a day was when I was sick or or got injured by you know a small bruised rib. But right. other than that, I've never missed a day. He's never had to say, "Hey, where are you at?" I'm there early. I show up, you know I, we were in there late, and then I call him after the gym. Hey, what, what do I need to do? He tells me, and then I come back the next day and I'm doing it again. That that he does. I can't deny it. And in the morning, I'm working out, and at night, no one could take that away. So. Tony the Tiger Lopez joins us, three-time world champ, Albert Ochoa, 1-0. Uh, Tony's training him. Got another fight coming up here in November, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Albert. So how well did you know Tony's background? I want to know if you had to Google him or, or again, because there's an age difference we here. We Googled each other. And, <laughs> right, okay. So what... What was what was your th- thought before? Did you because obviously when you first yeah, met ahead. him, you didn't know him, right? Did you know well, of him? It, it goes back to our families from the sixties. See, that's the thing. That's and no a, one that, knows that. That's why I knew. I remember you telling me that before. So that's why I didn't yeah. know that. Well, his okay, dad I, and my grandfather back yeah. in the sixties have a picture of them in the newspaper. Yeah. Sixty years later, me and Tony are in the newspaper, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. We're making history, and I really believe. So, what that. was the thing when either you Googled him or first heard about him yeah. that stood out to you? Uh, well, I just know. I mean, he's a legend, you know, he, in, in the boxing world and in, you know, our city. He's a legend. You heard it from him. Not and, me. Yeah, you know, getting yeah. trained by a world champion Boy, is... fooled. No, getting <laughs> trained by a world champion is special. No one, you know, there's people that been in the sport their whole life, never even worked with a champion. Right. I'm getting into it, and I got a champion in my corner vouching for me, and I'm putting in the work. Yeah. And with a lot of these guys, you're stepping in with either a father or... A buddy, a friend, mm-hmm. you know, the, the opponents. Yeah. I mean, they're not stepping in there with, with, yeah. with world champions as trainers. <laughs> and, 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 and the good thing about him, he has everything in, in perspective. He does celebrity boxing. He's not saying that he's, he's going to be, be the world champion tomorrow. He's yeah. not, that's, not what, that's not our goal. No, you put an opponent in front of me. But I'll watch, win. if you put another celebrity in front of him, he's going to whoop some butt. But I know what you're thinking, and you should be, that, okay, he's 22. 
this is fine for right now, but let's don't rule that out. Oh, no. Right? No, we've already thought we're, that. Yeah, so right? so don't rule term it. Goal, but right gonna, now, we're not going to yeah. talk right about Right now, we're, you know, we're going to focus on this. And then, you know, if, if when it leads into that big, you know, pro fight or a celebrity fight, we, we're, we're going to handle it. Albert, <laughs> what do you think of the Paul brothers? Um, which, well, just both of them. I both of them. I mean, I think, individually speak on them or okay, whatever. Okay, I mean, Jake Paul, I mean. Because they're different weights. Yeah, and no, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're doing a lot for boxing. You know, people are excited. I mean, some people can. Do you hate think it. they're doing a lot for boxing? They're doing a lot they, for the. Um, I think the sport, and they're doing it for money. You yeah. know, uh, that that's common sense. But you know, they're doing a lot. They're showing people. You know, you could do it, hate it or like it. People are paying to watch it. We say that that's kind of opened the door for you. Yeah, I would say. You know, if they didn't start it, you know, I don't think I would be boxing. I don't think people would want to see other influencers or YouTubers wanting to fight. Mm. And now that I, you know, coming off from a reality TV show with Kylie Jenner to boxing and then having a champion, it's all putting the puzzles together and it's making magic. <laughs> it's kind of like this. It, it, to me, here, here's the reason why I'm doing it. Because uh, we're kind of related. Yeah, we're family. <laughs> but on the real, I'm not a Jake Paul fan. You know, I'm not. Uh, no one is a Jake Paul fan that's in from the boxing community. Right. You know, he's not a real fighter. Right. You know, he's beating people that... He's doing the same thing this kid's doing. And, and right now, that's fine. If he's making his money like that, no, that's fine. Head on. But don't try to dwindle down boxing because you can get in there with a decent amateur that'll whip his butt. You know, and, and there's a million of them out there. So, you know, I guess it's called stay in your lane. You know, and everybody just stays in, his, in their lane. Now, I'm, like I'm saying right now, for celebrity boxing, that's what we're doing. We're staying in our lane. We're not moving. Now, let's just say he gets, he gets better and better and better. Guess what? We're going to sign you up with the USA Boxing Dude, and you're going to have a real amateur fight, and here we go. Mm. And let's see how well you do there, and then we'll move on from and that. that. And that is my long-term goal. Mm. We're going to do this. I'll get better. I'll continue to learn. And, you know, when that big fight happens, we'll, we'll take it. Mm. Pro or not, we'll right. take it. But either way, November is my next fight, and I will win again, and that's the plan. <laughs> you realize that Tony used to date Caitlyn Jenner. Did you know that? <laughs> Uh, Except it wasn't Caitlyn at that time. Yeah, it was. It was Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. That's 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 just wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No comment on that one. (laughs) Thank you for that one. But you know, it's special what we're doing. No one's doing. Tony the Tiger plumbing right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Uh, Hey, you know what? Okay, but here's here's what. Oh, you didn't even ask me. Wait, wait, I'm waiting for you to ask me. Good. What are you doing here today, Tony? What are you doing here today, Tony? Oh, you know what? There's a guy uh, named Danny and Ralph that had called uh, Albert. Albert right here, right? Yeah. It's and okay. Said, hey, he, he's got hit in the head too many we, times. Yeah. We, 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 want, we want to help you out. We want to help you with your... With your with and be your, a part of a team. Be a yeah. part of the team. So we came down here today. Mm-hmm. They, they invited us down here. They, they're taking care of us. They're actually really nice guys. And... We're, we have a deal going right now that seems to be like it's like I told him, like I learned a long time ago. It's, you say what you want, but until it's done on paper, <laughs> that's when it really counts, buddy. Yeah. So they're going to put it down on paper. We'll mm-hmm. see if we make a deal. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, there seem to be like really good guys. They're from uh, CNM Entertainment mm-hmm. right here in Las Vegas. So right. they're stationed out of Las Vegas. So it's, it's really good, man. We've been having a good time. Uh, they're driving us around. They got a nice car. <laughs> uh, it's not a Lamborghini like we had in, in, in Florida, though. Right, right, but, hey, right. you know, but it'll do. But d- did they feed you well? That's that's the most important part. 
Yeah. Well, we haven't even got there yet. Well, no, they bought me a soda. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they yeah. they said we no they we had breakfast this morning. And they're going to take us out to, for dinner tonight. They're really good guys. Of course they are. And, no, they're and, here. They're here tonight, and we got to give them a shout out. Yeah, that's I, right. I don't know if you can you know or you you called them scribble scribble. <laughs> no, it's C N M Sports and Entertainment, right here out of Vegas. Let a pro do this. Okay, okay do it. Right. Let me hear you. There you go. CNM Entertainment. Danny Cruz, the man, is in the house here today. Got to give it up for Danny. Danny and his crew. That's it. That's the Tigers fight. Exactly. Yes, a sports entertainment group out of Las Vegas. They hang out at uh, various gyms here in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, question. I know you were at City Athletic today. Yeah, a lot it, of great people are over there that run that gym. Yeah. Um, hey, so, you know who I met today? Yeah. Who'd you meet today? Uh, Joel Casamayor, five-time world Joel champion. Joel Casamayor. And you he, never met Joel before? No. Really? No, because you never took really? me over there. Thank I, you. Uh, Thank you very much. But he welcomed, <laughs> and you know, he said, come. You know, yeah, I only introduced yeah. him to Lennox Lewis and, and, you know, people like that. But I already knew Lennox Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny <laughs> Adams, you know. Showtime like Sean Porter. No, no, all those no, guys. No, you like I like Kenny Adams. Kenny, Kenny Adams is a good dude. He's a great dude. I like him, dude. I like him. He's a great dude. Yeah. And you met the body snatcher, Mike McCallum. Yeah, Mike McCallum. So Mike, yeah. That's what they call him, the body snatcher. In the days, yeah, right. yeah, that's yeah, Mike's trained fighters for a long time. Yeah, Mike was g- gonna train uh, my female fighter way back in the day, the snowcat really? Helga Rizzo. Really, yeah, yeah, they used what to train happened? together, they used to spar together. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, again, you know, people want to talk about Christy Martin. Well, people here in Vegas remember, they know that when I mentioned her, she was really the first fighter that was here, and you know, she appeared on top rank shows. And we traveled, we remember the old USA Tuesday night fights, yeah, yeah, yeah. until uh, she so I got her up to eight no. And we're fighting at the, at the Riviera one night. And one night, uh, she did the ultimate boxer sin. She turned her back in the ring. Ooh. Oh. Uh, yeah, and that was it. it and it was, that was it. Yeah. When, when, you, when you lost your, your heart and your yeah. love for it, this wow. and that. But no, yeah, she was, she was good. And we were, all, we were going to work a, a fight with her and Christy Martin, but they were like different weights. Yeah. And again, you know, Christy was under Don King at the time and yeah. that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, that was going back, you know, early to mid-90s. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, Mike McCallum was uh, was actually uh, started training her before I had Kenny, you know, train her. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there. Yeah, love Mike. That, Mike's that, a great guy. That you just brought up a, a good uh, a statement. You said that some things are boxing no nos. Yeah. You know, everybody does them when they first start off. He had a few boxing no nos, but he got past him. Yeah. And that was one of the big worries. Uh, seriously, that was one of my biggest worries of when he first started training. Was one of those boxing no nos, mm-hmm. and I'm going, man, because. Those boxing no nos tell you their temp. They're, we're like dogs. Their temperament, you know. And but he's one of those ones that came out of it, you know. And he hasn't done it since. And uh, you know, I've uh, never turned my back. Either. No, not really. Never. I've no, never no, done no, it. No, never, no. He's never, but, exactly. Yeah, he's never turned hey, his back. The but. only other guy that we've seen do that, huh. it was here in Las Vegas. Speaking of Lennox Lewis, was Oliver McCall. Really? You remember that in that fight? Yeah, he Lennox Lewis around? fought him at the Hilton. Oh, and, wow. and, not only did he turn around and he quit, he, he was crying that night. And, yeah, I'm they had to stop crazy. the fight because he said, you know, we talk about Roberto Duran and no Moss. Yeah. Oliver McCall did that here. Yeah. Wow. It, he, just, he just broke down. He was oh. just emotionally did broke anybody, down in that fight. Did know why? Uh, you know, he really never fought much after that. Yeah. He was, they, there was something. That, well, he was getting beat down. 
I mean, by Lennox Lewis. Mm. He was getting beat down, but there were some things that were just never spoken about before. Yeah. But he was going through some personal stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it twice. Wow. <laughs> I've it both twice. You know, firsthand in person too. But oh, yeah, okay. so of course we know you're not going to do that, man. No, I never. No, yeah. you know, yeah. you know what's so crazy. You know, yeah. so crazy. But we've seen some stuff, Tony. We've yeah. seen some stuff in the ring, man. Yeah. You know, but you know, what's just so crazy is no one really knows what goes through the boxer's mind. There you go. It, it, exactly. They really don't. Exactly. You know. I mean, if you have a bad day on the radio, well, not you on the radio because everybody knows about it, but if someone has a bad day at work, mm-hmm. it could translate. Only, to only, only people that know is people at work mm-hmm. and his boss. Right. As a fighter, if you have a bad day on the job, the whole world sees it. Yep. Especially if it's on pay-per-view, the whole world sees you fall apart. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, because I know it. I mean, there's a few types that, that the few fights that I had that I thought, Mm, that didn't go as well as planned. Mm-hmm. So I had a bad day on the job. I never thought too much of it. But you get people that say, hey, man, what happened? You know, oh, yeah. You know, and and you get and ridiculed for it. Yeah, Everyone will, will, will judge you, and they want to second-guess you. And Like I said, they have no idea. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I feel like, put your job on it. What do you do? I'm yeah. a plumber. I mean, Put your job on it. And, and be honest, I mean, there have been fights where maybe you haven't had the best training camp mm-hmm. or whatever but you you don't come out and say that no. i mean what do you say at every press conference before i prepared myself well yeah there you go no matter even though and mm-hmm. how many times in your career did you feel that you had a subpar training camp there's a Fall few part, a few yeah. two or three four, well, right well, watch, watch this i mean you don't have to give a specific but i mean you don't you don't know that till after the fact and people don't know period and sometimes fighters never even come clean with that which is fine yeah. you know but to your point it's like people really don't know yeah. what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. In an individual sport, I mean, you're not in a team sport. No. In the individual sport, man, that that is crucial. And, yeah. it, and like I said, it can, it can bury your career, hurt you financially, but emotionally it can tear you up because a lot of times you don't have anybody to share it with. You know, as, as a fighter, you know, honestly, you're right. You're 100% right. But as a fighter, I never really did that. I, when I, when like I can, yeah, I'm not I, saying you. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. No, in no, general. no. But you're right. No, you're right. I know fighters that have, mm-hmm. but you know, I can separate myself from that. You know, I, I anything that goes wrong in my house, anything that goes wrong, if I'm in a training camp and I hear something happen at my house, I block it out. I, I don't care. Right now, I mm-hmm. don't care. I I think it's because I put myself there. I put myself in I don't care mode, and and just like just before a fight. I hear I'm the biggest a-hole in the world because I am, because I'm in fight mode. I, about the last four days before a fight, mm-mm, don't talk to me. Don't don't look at me too long because I'll ask you what the, you're looking at. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It, it, because that's just the mode I'm in. I'm in fight mode. There's nothing more, nothing's going to satisfy me until I let these hands go. For real, that's really what it right, is. Right. You know? I want to hit some uh, a couple boxing things here before we go today. Uh Triple G and Canelo are going to do it again. Third fight is going to be here in Vegas, September the 17th. Um, a lot of people looking forward to it, more so now because Canelo lost his last fight. Uh, I think that it's going to be the same result that we saw with the first two. You know, you know, Even though the first fight was a draw, Canelo defeated Golovkin in the second fight. and But now Canelo seems a little bit hungry. What do you think about Canelo Alvarez right now and then this fight coming up with Triple G again. Are you interested in it? Yeah, I am. Because the first two were okay. I mean, there were fights. I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. They, weren't, they weren't, you know, blockbusters, but right. they were good fights. I think Canelo, watch. Canelo fought a guy early in his career. They were both 20-something, though. They're like 22, 23, 24, no, both of them. 
was both equal about the same amount of knockouts. I'm going, okay, this is going to show me how good Canelo is. Because everybody's tough until they get hit really hard in the face. And the other guy had just as many knockouts as Canelo. So guess what? He's going to get hit hard today. And so when the fight happened... Canelo didn't dance. He didn't. He went right, and they went to war, and I think Canelo knocked him out in the sixth, seventh, eighth round, one of those rounds. And at that point, even after that fight, I said, you know what? He's going to be a great champion. I don't care what anybody says. I, you know, I, look, you're asking me about his boxing ability, not about his personal, about his personal how he, people like him or hate him personally. That that has nothing to do with my his, my boxing perspective of him. As as my boxing's perspective of him is, he's a great fighter. Uh, He's going to be one of the greatest fighters. I mean, okay, his last fight, we all try it. We'll, I think his last fight, the guy was just too big. He didn't hit hard enough for him. You know, that's just like me going to middleweight and going, oh, I can contend with the middleweights at, from coming up from 130. No, I can't. Right. And, and that's the same thing. It's the same thing. You just, he just went way too much out of his weight division. Yeah, and he you thought know. that he could do it because he did it against Kovalev and yeah. was successful, but this guy was a, a different beast at 175 yeah. than Kovalev, right? Yeah. D- but now different... this fight's going to be at 168, and Triple G has never fought at 168. See, so so that, uh, advantage Canelo, right? Uh, you know it. And how about coming off a loss like that? Y- y- watch. Well, I can, only, I can only honestly tell you from my perspective of mm-hmm. it, but coming off a loss for me it was no big deal. It's like, okay. Next, you know, and I and I assume he's like kind of like that, you know. But you know, you never really kind of lost like that because he just on, on the real he just got handled. I mean, this guy just handled him like it was nothing, and he wasn't worried about Canelo one bit. And that's what it looked like during the fight. Right. So uh, I, I I would assume it'd be a little bit harder to lose like that, you know, or at least to know that okay, I tried, I I I went out my weight class, I'll go back down and I'll compete. So it all depends on how, how, how his mentee is on that. Your personal experience, rematches. Uh, you like rematches, easier or more difficult? Easier. Okay. Because you are now easier for both. Because uh, uh, number one is uh, you're, they're probably going to be the same, especially if they beat you. Uh, they're going to be the same. They're going to fight you the same way because they're not going to – that's what worked last time. Mm-hmm. They So they – most likely you're going to assume that you're going to be kind of the same fighter, but you're not. Uh, so if you box before, fight the next time. If you fought before, box the next time or mix it up or both, either or. You know, confuse the guy. Uh, you know, and that's what you do. You have to give him something different. So you, the loser, has to train differently. Uh, call it what you want, you know, because the guy, the winner, <laughs> he won. He ain't got you. He ain't got changed. He's got your number. Change the dance. Yeah. That's all you got to do. You got it. Tony the Tiger Lopez, always great, man, to, to have you here. Uh, Alberto Choa, good luck in your next fight, man. Thank and, you. Uh, Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, there's no question. It's going to be a win. I'm, I'm always keeping abreast uh, from the Tiger uh, how you're doing, so I appreciate it, man. I appreciate and, uh, it. Now, 22, you got a bright future. Thank you. you got a great team behind you. Hopefully, everything works out Thank uh, you. with these guys. And again, you know, you guys always got an open invitation here. Right on, brothers. You got CNM. Sports entertainment? That's it. Here in Vegas, we'll we'll see you after up. my next fight. No question. A good knockout. Right. That's it. No, no question. There it is. All right. Uh, I want to thank the Tiger and Albert for being here and, and everybody else. And, of course, Paul Buck Power Stewart in England. We're back at it again tomorrow. 
Tomorrow we talk hot dogs. George Shea is in the house here tomorrow. Scott Spritzer as well, too. You know, 4th of July, Nathan's hot dog eating oh. contest. Wait, That's wait, right. Wait, wait. We just had Mickey Sudo on yesterday. And then, you know, the guy who runs it all, New York, he's coming so on tomorrow. So what's Vegas doing for the 4th of July? Yeah. We're eating hot dogs. That's it? That's what we're eating. What? And we're going to the pool, you know? Oh, no, we're staying by the air conditioner. Okay. That's it. <laughs> just like Sacramento. Yeah. Same heat, Sacramento, Vegas. It's the yeah, same thing, man. Same thing. There it is. All right. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check it all out at TC Martin show.com all the interviews are up there the blogs everything else oh yeah don't get me going with my music don't get me going with my hot dog music in the ear ducks i'm gonna take tony the tiger lopez and we're gonna see how many hot dogs he can eat in 10 minutes that's right now hot dogs i might get him tacos and tamales he might get me i don't know (laughs) all right back at it again tomorrow we'll see you tomorrow at two ho